At least from the raw data perspective, the identity-related attacks are on the rise. They are impactful. So 78% had indicated that there was a direct business impact. Uh, things like recovery costs and reputational damage are kind of the primary things that you would expect out of something like this. So, you know, interesting, interesting feedback on what's going on in the world of identity-related breaches. Mobile workforces, cloud applications, and digitalization are changing every aspect of the modern enterprise. And with radical transformation come new business risks. Welcome to Hybrid Identity Protection, the premier podcast for cybersecurity pros charged with defending hybrid identity environments. Presented by Semperis, the pioneers of identity-driven cyber resilience for the hybrid enterprise. And now, here's your host, 15-time Microsoft MVP and Active Directory security expert, Sean Duby. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the HIP Podcast. Organizations are ever so slowly trying to move from network and endpoint-focused security architectures to one that centers on user and device identity to securely access their resources, whether they're an on-premises application or a cloud service. Every year, the Identity Defined Security Alliance, idsalliance.org, publishes research on how well organizations are doing towards building this identity-centric security posture, think zero trust, and how far they have to go. To talk about the results of the IDSA's 2022 Trends in Securing Digital Identities report, I'm welcoming back our friend Julie Smith, Executive Director of the Identity Defined Security Alliance. Welcome back, Julie. Hey, Sean. Thanks so much for having me again. It's good to talk to you again. This just came out during Identiverse, so hot off the presses. Interesting, as always, it's interesting to see the progress that's being made or not being made. The report has got a great little infographic that talks about some of the key findings. And some of these just really, you know, they can't help but leap out uh, at you. For example, 84% of respondents said they experienced an identity-related breach in the past year, which is, you know amazingly huge even though uh, everybody's everybody has it looks like everybody has um uh what's the phrase i'm thinking everybody putting lip service towards uh identity being a priority nowadays it looks like things are not moving so so quickly in that direction yeah. So, uh, yeah, 84% came back uh, this year and said that they had had uh, an identity related breach in the last year. So, you know, just kind of going into a little bit of the behind the scenes on the report. Uh, this is, as you mentioned, I think this is our third of this particular uh, trends report. We've done five research reports overall. And the first two reports, we used a two-year time frame. So, you know, our, my, our researcher will, uh, it guides us through this process. And, and the first two reports, we used a time frame of uh, two years because it was sort of the first time that we were diving into this, uh, this topic of identity-related breaches. And this year, we did a, a one-year uh, look back. In the previous report, 79% had experienced uh, an identity-related breach in the past two years. This year, 84% in the past year. Uh, so it's gone up, uh, which is surprising and not surprising, right? Um, right. I think, you know, obviously with remote work in the situation we found ourselves in in the last couple of years with kind of living our entire lives online, you'd expect that number, uh, you know, 
to be high, but at the same time, you'd expect organizations to have addressed some of the, the gaps that might have created this situation where, you know, more breaches are occurring. Um, so I was a little bit surprised that we went up. Um, we had a conversation recently uh, with a number of folks that are members of the IDSA, both on the practitioner side and on the vendor side. And, and uh, you know, one observation was, and, you know, and, and data is interesting because everybody's got a, a different way of, of consuming it and their spin on it. But one, one perspective was maybe that number went up this year because more people are aware that they might have had a breach, uh, which I thought was a, a bit interesting, as opposed to the fact that just the number of breaches is increasing. So at least from the raw data perspective, the identity-related attacks are on the rise. They are impactful. So 78% had indicated that there was a direct business impact. Uh, things like recovery costs and reputational damage are kind of the primary things that you would expect out of something like this. So, you know, interesting, interesting feedback on what's going on in the world of identity-related breaches. Yeah, you may have already been breached in the past, but you're just now starting to pay attention to the fact you're, that you have been breached or you, you may not have even realized it before as a potential aspect of it. Certainly, we've been preaching for years and years and years about using and implementing MFA. And the adoption of MFA has been very, very slow. In your report, you say that MFA remains to be a, a key focus area. Do you feel that uh, the progress is being made in people implementing MFA? You know, it was surprising to me that only about half of organizations had implemented uh, MFA. And, you know, we, I think we talked about this, I uh, can't remember when it was exactly. Oh, I guess it was on Identity Management Day on the, vir the virtual conference that we did on April 12th. Right, how uh, how MFA is one of those things where it's it's ubiquitous now, or it should be. I guess I should say the technology has certainly been around for a long time. If implemented, it could have prevented some of the biggest and most impactful attacks that we've experienced in the last couple of years. So it is interesting to me that organizations are still stuck struggling with putting it in place. And it could be that uh, it's the user experience, uh, maybe user adoption side that could be preventing organizations from uh, from implementing it. You know, during our, our session, at Identiverse, uh, one of the panelists who is rather famous for making provocative statements said, you know, if it's difficult for users to get it in using MFA, uh, doesn't that make it difficult for bad guys to get in as well? So kind of, you know, the thinking that if you make it too easy, then maybe you're making it uh, just as easy for the bad guys to get in as well. So I think MFA is one of those things that is relatively easy, maybe relatively easy, maybe back to the basics kind of thing that all organizations should be should be implementing. Uh, and hopefully we'll see that number go up significantly next year. One of the interesting findings that you had here is that almost 100% of respondents said that the number of identities that they had to deal with is increasing and mainly due to cloud adoption. And that certainly increases the complexity of what needs to be done. And it, to me, it underlines the importance of as much as you can using some kind of integration with cloud service providers to minimize the number of extra identities that are out there. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, cloud adoption, third-party relationships, and machine identities were kind of the key drivers um, behind the growth in the, in the identities 
that organizations are having to manage and protect. And one of the questions that didn't make it into the, the report, we asked, which is more challenging? Uh, and I can't remember the exact wording in the question. The number of identities that you're having to manage or the types of identities that you're having to manage. Uh, and it actually came out right straight in the middle. 50% said it's more difficult to deal with the number, an increasing number of identities. Uh, and the other half said, no, it's the different types. So we left it out of the report because it was kind of like, well, there's no really, you know, key findings there. But I thought it was interesting, uh, you know, just an interesting perspective that, you know, some folks feel like it's the sheer number and others are are concerned about having to manage machine identities, customer identities, along with employee, contractor, and third-party identities. So, you know, it's just a complex space that just keeps growing and growing and growing. And so, obviously, organizations are struggling with, uh, with figuring out how to deal with it and protecting their resources. Right. The complexity, right? Like it wasn't complex enough already. We're adding complexity in that direction. Talk a little bit about what it looks like so much of this of these recommendations or the ability to improve this is can be very difficult to implement but there's one that you have discovered that is relatively easy to just to help with security and that is executive guidance or executive leadership about password security yeah so a report that we published in february of 2021 so almost 18 months ago now, we took a little bit different tact where instead of going to the IT and identity and security people that are dealing with these challenges every day, we decided to ask the stakeholders. So the folks that dealing with identity management in a very different way. So, uh, you know, leaders of sales organizations, right? So the number of applications that a, a, a salesperson is having to deal with, and, and obviously that has a lot of confidential data. Um, we asked uh, some questions of the IT help desk uh, as well as HR. So the ones that are sort of uh, kicking off that whole process around identity management, if you will, as employees come on board or, you know, change roles or leave the organization. Um, and we sort of dug down into more out of fun than anything, just questions about, you know, how how good are people at managing their own passwords and good password hygiene or the other side of it would be risky behavior. And so we thought that might be a whole interesting category to get at as far as the, if you think about the state of prevention of identity related attacks, there's the technology side of it, but then there's also the cultural side of it. Um, and so, you know, we asked some questions about personal protection of work passwords and personal passwords of the IT and identity folks that took this survey. And then we also asked just culturally, you know, how are our organizations highlighting password security? And if they are, what level of executive or executives are speaking to it. And we also asked some questions about training as well. Obviously, a lot of organizations are focused on doing training as well. We found that 71% of the organizations have executives who speak publicly to employees about password security, which was interesting. So that says that there's a, you know, a majority of organizations out there are working on the cultural side. Um, we found that 60% of people that took this survey admitted to risky behavior. So things like sharing passwords in Slack or Microsoft Teams, 
um, writing down passwords using uh, re password reuse. But the interesting stat when you kind of combine those things together is we found that IT and security stakeholders were more concerned and, and careful with their work passwords when executives are highlighting it as an important part of their security posture. We thought that was kind of an interesting thing is, you know, it's not just about implementing technology, but it is about creating a culture of security awareness and it does seem to have an impact. These are the individuals that are the highest impact risks as well as being compromised, the IT and security people. That's one of the reasons that privileged access management exists is for these higher privileged accounts. And so the result is saying is that if you're an executive, that if you're public about password security to your employees, your IT people and your security people will be a little more, a little more, um, cognizant of their own behavior, it seems what that seems to be saying. Right. And the fact that 60% of them are admitting to behaviors that they know, yes. <laughs> right? That, that's considered bad password hygiene. Yeah. It's like, oh, maybe I better, I should take better care of my privileged passwords uh, now that the executives are raising this as an important issue within the organization. So. Right. Everybody's human. Everybody's just trying to get their job done here. Let me just send you this password in Teams or wherever. So Yeah, exactly. So what did you think of the, the findings? What did you think was the most surprising one? You know, I, it was interesting because as we go through the process of putting together the questions and then getting back the data, uh, and, you know, there's much more data than there is really that we can report on. But, you know, a lot of a lot of the discussion was, well, that's not really that surprising. Well, that's not really that surprising in the results. But, you know, the thing that I kind of cautioned that the group about that was involved in this was, you know, we live and breathe this stuff every day. And so, you know, for organizations that are out there struggling with some of these challenges, it may be very surprising to them. You know, some of the data that we reported, these breaches are so prevalent that are tied back to compromised identities and they are having a significant impact, not just operationally, but on you know direct in business impacts as well. And and we did leave a one of the charts out uh, where we asked more about operational impact. So you know disruption in business uh, took down a system. You know uh, employee data was taken, customer data was taken, etc. Uh, but seventy three percent of organizations said there was a. a or an operational impact, uh, in addition to the 78% that said that there was a direct business impact. To answer your question more directly, was there a surprising stat? I don't know that there was one in particular that stuck out. The fact that 64% of organizations are making identity a top three security program priority, I think that sends a, an interesting message. Um, you know, because we've, and you and I have talked about this before, identity has not always been considered a security function, even though it really needs to be. And, and operationally and organizationally, it doesn't always fall within the purview of the chief information security officer, but it should. So the fact that that 64% are starting to, to really consider identity a, a key part of their security program, I thought that was interesting. So We'll say that's the most uh, surprising highlight of the report. As you say, you know, what's surprising and what's not surprising. And so looking through the report, you know, we have what's the biggest type of identity related breach your company has had and, and phishing and spear phishing continues to be 
by far the biggest leader, 59% versus the next closest, which was inadequately managed privileges at 36%. So, uh, you know, after that, we have stolen credentials, which would be a, you know, somehow a reused credentials or something off of a paste bin or that sort of thing. But as I talk to people about this and about passwords and about you know, password changes and password guidance. In a phishing campaign, it doesn't matter how strong your password is because essentially in a phishing campaign, if you're successfully phished, you've given them your password, whatever it is. <laughs> or as Alex Weiner would like to say, your password doesn't matter Yeah, because of that access. And then that's where we get back to once again, <laughs> we're saying the same old stuff, you know, that's where we get back to MFA. Right. Uh, uh, I try to tell people, you know, just think of a password as a long string that you don't know, and some machine stores it, some crazy thing, and 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 it's not the one thing that you ever ever depend on at one point. So it's MFA, and then back to sort of the stolen credentials. I mean, one one aspect of that is credentials that have ended up out on the dark web, right? And one of the biggest profile. <laughs> Impacts was exactly that, a set of valid credentials that was found on the dark web. They were credentials of an employee that had left the organization. We also asked some questions around removing access. That's another one of those things that we've been deprovisioning of accounts uh, when an employee or uh, you know some type of worker leaves the organization, how important it is uh, to remove those accounts, those orphaned accounts. Uh, and, you know, we found that 51% typically remove access from a former employee within a day, but only 26% of them always do. So the combination of MFA and deprovisioning of accounts is, you know, it's almost like, could that be the silver bullet to really reduce the risk of these attacks? And I think the answer is yes. That's a really valid point because deprovisioning is always the harder part. And especially when you have a proliferation of cloud identities that are not tied to your corporate identity. Yeah. it's. I think it's a visibility issue, right? You just, you don't know what's out there. So if you don't have visibility into all those accounts, to your point, then it's going to be a challenge to remove access to all of those accounts. It's almost like you start to layer things, right? So if back to the bad hygiene, if employees are using are reusing passwords across multiple applications because they have so many of them. And then the IT organization or the security organization is lacking visibility into all the applications that uh, an employee is using uh, and that employee leaves, then, you know, there's this potential stash of credentials that are out there that could easily just found and, and used in a bad way to get access to to corporate resources or confidential data or do harm to an organization. Yeah, exactly. It, you know, it's the, everybody, I always say, everybody always wants their access added right away, but nobody clamors to have their access removed, especially not terminated employees. So they leave behind us this trail of old accounts and passwords that, especially in my experience, when the sales oriented cloud applications where there's so much churn back and forth and everybody has their own favorite tool for using these things. And unless there's really good corporate governance and discipline on using these tools, tracking where the tools are and who gets added to it, which is really difficult, then you're leaving behind all of these back doors when somebody terminates. So 
Right. Well, Julie, this is, is always very interesting information. Again, this is the report is available at IDSAlliance.org. Any final thoughts? Read the report. There's a lot of good guidance, I think, in there in terms of how could some of these identity-related breaches be prevented. They, in most cases, map back to the best practices and uh, security outcomes that are recommended by the IDSA. And so certainly kind of tap into that information to establish a roadmap uh, for where you want to take your identity program. And hopefully it's in the top three of uh, security priorities for you. Uh, for now and in the near future as well. So yeah, just hit the website. There's lots of information. We're always looking for additional voices into the organization. We've got not just vendor memberships, but also memberships for end practitioners and companies who are interested in networking with their peers and being considered as a thought leader in the space and and learning and giving back to the community. So uh, check out the website. There's uh, a great resource center full of all kinds of information and come join us as well. Well, thanks again. And, and thanks for sharing your insights on this year's report. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us on the Hybrid Identity Protection Podcast with Sean Duby. Be sure to subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. Visit hipconf.com. That's H-I-P-C-O-N-F.com to learn about upcoming events, view expert presentations, and take part in the conversation.